We turn now to God's Word as found in the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, reading at the 28th verse. Listen again for God's Word. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. The word of the Lord. It's Transfiguration Sunday, the last Sunday before Lent. And we have a chance to go up on the mountain to hear what Peter, John, and James heard. And then a chance to come off the mountain and reflect on the women's role in the story as we finish our preaching series on women in the biblical texts. On and off the mountain, we will discover the challenging call to discipleship. First, on the mountain. Jesus and the disciples have been on a roll leading up to this moment. Go back the last chapter or so and read all that had been going on. Jesus has taught parables, healed people, brought a young girl back from near death, fed the 5,000. Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus has told them about his death and resurrection and told them about the challenge and cost of discipleship. And then there was time to breathe. Eight days to breathe, absorb, and reflect on whom this person is they follow and what it means that they have chosen to follow him. Now they are on the mountain. No surprise that something exciting is about to take place on the mountain. Strange, exciting things happen on mountains in the biblical stories. Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain. Moses saw God's glory and received the Ten Commandments on a mountain. This moment on the mountain is no different. There before Peter, John, and James appear Moses and Elijah. Moses, arguably one of the greatest leaders of the Israelite people. Moses, who knew a thing or two about what happens on mountaintops. Elijah, the great prophet to the Israelites, who also knows something about mountaintops and being swept away in the moment. And of course, they are joined by the transfigured Jesus. The disciples recognize something amazing is taking place and they want, well, they, they want to stay. 
In the glory of the moment, Peter suggests they build booths, as if in the certainty of the moment, the certainty that Christ is indeed a, a leader like Moses or Elijah, they ought to hang out for a while, take it in, settle down. But the voice from the clouds, the voice of God speaks to interrupt their desire to stay and also to make the claim of discipleship clearer. This is my son. Suddenly Peter, John, and James, suddenly we shift back to the River Jordan and remember the baptism of Jesus when God spoke in similar fashion. But the words on the mountaintop are slightly different. Instead of, you are my son at the River Jordan, God speaks, this is my son directed to the disciples, putting them on notice that Jesus is more than Elijah. Jesus is more than Moses. Jesus is God in flesh. Welcome to following not just some great leader or terrific teacher, but following the Son of God. This is my son, the chosen. Again, a little different language than at Jesus' baptism when God calls Jesus beloved. God's words in the moment reveal a different aspect of who Jesus is. Jesus is chosen by God, which puts his life and ministry in the context of being chosen and called. It also puts into context how the disciples are to understand what it means to follow Jesus. Their call to discipleship is grounded in their being chosen. Just as we are reminded that our discipleship is grounded in being chosen, being called by God. The final words from God that day on the mountaintop, listen to him. Words not paralleled at the River Jordan, but spoken now to confirm the core task of discipleship. Listen to Jesus. In the magnitude of the moment, God gives the disciples a simple way of understanding their discipleship. Listen to Jesus. As disciples of Christ, we too hear this simple reminder. What does it mean to be a disciple? Listen to Jesus. How do we go about discipleship? Listen to Jesus. I suppose I could have done the sermon in three words. Listen to Jesus. But what would have been the fun in that? The disciples listen and follow. They listen and follow Jesus off the mountain. They listen and follow Jesus off the mountain and among the people Jesus has come to save. They listen and follow Jesus off the mountain and among the people whom Jesus calls them to serve. Like we listen and follow Jesus into the context of our world to live among the people and serve the people God sends Christ to save. Now off the mountain. Notice that Peter, John, and James keep silent. 
as they follow Jesus off the mountain. In Luke's telling of the story, Jesus does not instruct them to keep silent, but they do. Now, we don't know for sure, but I suspect that off the mountain, they were immediately questioned by those who greeted them. As most of you know, I have a wife and three adult daughters, which means I've spent the last 25 plus years answering again and again their questions about sermons and the the text with sermons. And when they hear a text like this, they always want to know, what are the women doing in the story? In fact, part of the reason I I preach a, a series on women in the biblical text is because I live in a place where year after year they've asked about the women in the stories. Clearly, Luke does not help me in my parental or marital conversations about this story. But I think I know where they were. They were waiting off the mountain when Peter, John, and James appeared. These were the women who had already joined them in following Jesus. The women who also knew that strange, exciting things happen on the mountain. The women who remember Abraham and Isaac going up on the mountain and probably remember the unspoken part of that story. Sarah, Abraham's husband and Isaac's mother, anxiously waiting to see who would return from the mountain. These women want to know what happened that day on the mountaintop. Imagine the conversation that might have taken place. What happened on the mountaintop, Peter? What happened, John? James, come on, tell us. Nothing happened. No, no, really. We know special things happen on the mountaintop. What did Jesus say up there? What did you do? Nothing. Really, we just walked up, tried to stay awake, walked back down. Nothing happened. I don't believe you. Something must have happened. Come on, tell us. Nothing. Just another day on the mountain. All the while, their excited, somewhat fearful looks betraying their words. Maybe over the next few days, Peter or John or James whispers, something did happen, but I can't tell you about it. Maybe one day. Despite the silence of Peter, John, and James, they continue following Jesus in the world, watching and helping as he teaches, witnessing Jesus heal people, listening and reflecting on what they see and hear, taking measure of how Jesus lives out his calling in their midst as they discover the meaning of their calling as disciples Watching as Jesus dies on the cross, Peter, John, and James surely wondering how their mountaintop experience fit together with the crucifixion. The silence continues until until Luke breaks the silence with the empty tomb. Ironically, or maybe it's a God thing, it's the women who find the empty tomb. The women who go and tell the disciples what they have discovered. Peter, you remember Peter had been on the mountaintop, had seen Jesus transfigured, had seen that amazing thing. He doesn't believe them until he races back to the tomb to see it empty for himself. Now the silence is shattered. The power of God to resurrect as revealed by the empty tomb and the resurrected Christ's appearance among them has spoken. And now... 
Peter, John, and James can add one more story. Remember? Remember when we were on the mountaintop that day and told you nothing happened? Something really did happen. We saw Moses and Elijah and Jesus gloriously transfigured before us. And God spoke to us and said, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. One more story to hear and tell. One more call to listen and follow the resurrected Christ into the world to serve. One more call for us today. Amen.